May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I'm the vicar of a parish church in South London, and every Thursday I help to lead an English language class at my church. This class is a conversation and friendship group that helps people from abroad to improve their English. Some have come to the UK to study or to work and simply need a bit of help with their English. Others have come fleeing terrible political situations where their life is severely limited or in danger. The group is small, around eight women, but it is also global, with students from every corner of the world. As people share the story of their life, it's not unusual for someone to shed a few tears as they share things about their personal lives. And this week, a woman cried as she recalled something of her story. The woman sitting next to her had never met her and they did not have a common language other than their fragile English. But the woman said to the woman who was weeping, please stand and let me hug you. I believe that my heart can heal your hurt. And she held the woman who had been crying in a solid and long embrace. Somehow what happened was more than just a hug. There was a sense in which that hug helped to generate solidarity and understanding, both between the women who would now probably consider themselves friends and within the whole group. That simple hug had somehow helped to heal some of the woman's sorrow. I felt the presence of God in that hug. It was a sacramental moment of connection with God for me as I witnessed this woman's love of her neighbor through the kindness and solidarity of that hug, I felt connected to the love of God. It was holy and good, healing and life-giving. And yet, if you just thought about it rationally, wouldn't you ask the question, how could a hug actually help? It changes nothing. It solves nothing. How can a hug or the touch of a hand offer healing in times of sorrow and grief? And yet we all know the truth of this, that we can experience healing by simple gestures exactly like that. That there are all kinds of life experiences experienced by us all, hugs, incredible music, wonderful architecture, simple gardening, 
that are both simple and yet at another level, something much deeper can happen through them. We can experience healing, love, grace and peace. We might think of these experiences as spiritual, mysterious, mystical or sacramental. I wonder how your brain responded to Jesus' teaching in today's Gospel reading. Did your inner mystic win or did your rational brain wonder what on earth Jesus is talking about? Jesus says to those gathered at the synagogue in Capernaum, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. The Jews listening to Jesus speak these words over 2,000 years ago are shocked and pose the question, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? And many of the disciples also struggle with Jesus' words. This teaching is difficult. Who can accept it? Perhaps many in a post-Christian secular society like Britain today might have sympathy with these questions. Stated starkly as Jesus does here, the imagery is shocking. To eat the flesh and blood of Jesus sounds like cannibalism, not a spiritual act. No wonder then Jesus asks the question, does this offend you? Right there and then in the synagogue that day, Jesus was speaking to them in the flesh. The disciples and those gathered were in the presence of a real life human the in-the-flesh Jesus, listening to him, able to see, touch and connect with him. But what Jesus offers in this mysterious and life-changing ability to connect with him and be sustained by him after his death and resurrection, a post-resurrection model of receiving the life that Jesus gives. It's a simple thing a meal of bread and wine, and also a mind-blowing thing, a divine encounter with Christ as we share his body and his blood. At the Last Supper, Jesus shares the bread and the wine, but so much more is going on here than the simple sharing of food and drink. He lays down a pattern which the church has come to call the Lord's Supper, Holy Communion, the Eucharist, and this becomes a means of divine encounter for his followers throughout the centuries. It's simple and somehow inexplicable, just like the beauty of that shared hug. Most things that are holy and sacred are bizarrely both simple and inexplicable. The gospel hinges on flesh and blood, mystery and revelation, life and death, concepts that are both simple and inexplicable. We cannot fully understand how a hug can heal our sorrow 
How can we rationally understand how Jesus' life is shared with us in the bread and the wine? And yet I know that we have all experienced his presence and his healing there. Whether we have shared Holy Communion by a hospital bed, in a beautiful cathedral, in our local church, we have known as we receive the bread and the wine, the presence of Jesus with us, his life within us, in a special and particular way. The God who came to us in flesh and blood as a real human being in the person of Jesus Christ is present to us in the bread and the wine. Jesus who stood alongside the poor and the broken, the oppressed and the downtrodden is present to us in the bread and the wine. Jesus who revealed to us in concrete terms what God was like, that God was love, is present to us in the bread and the wine. Jesus who heals our wounds and forgives our sins is present to us in the bread and the wine. This is a mystery and an incredible joy. As we continue on our spiritual journey throughout our lives, may we come to experience more and more of Jesus' life-giving presence in our lives and know him to be our true drink and our true food. Amen. Thank you.